Hey, everybody, and welcome to the What is this, honey? podcast, where we will be discussing everything from pop culture to reality TV to true crime documentary to my life and everything in between that makes you scratch your head and ask yourself, what is this, honey? Hello, my darlings. Welcome back. And as always, I am your host, Brandon. Honey, what is this? This is The Secrets of Hillsong, Episode 2, presented to you by Hulu. Each of these episodes has a Bible verse that starts the whole shebangsies. If you're just coming into part two here, you guys, you can go back listen to part one. It's a beautiful introduction to this world. And now having moved on from the introduction, we're going to get into the meat and the juice. Yes? By the way, take a moment to follow me wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcast or Google. Hit me up, babe. Give me a nice little five-star rating. And if you have something nice to say, you can leave me in a review. On to Hillsong. Even my closest friend, and whom I trusted, the one who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. Psalm 41.9. Mm. So we start this episode, Carl's sitting on stage, and he's in it, honey. We realize, I realize, at least right now, that Carl is going to be, Carl's going to be dishing, okay? He going to dish, sis. Carl is going to let us know. Vanity Fair has been giving him a check, and he's about to let us know what, what's happened. He's extremely guilty. He thinks that he's, you know, he's still it's like it's crazy because he there's all these videos of him being extremely what you might consider to be performative but in these moments you're like hey well i i i, I believe what he's saying and um you know he's broken congregations he you know all this stuff and he's still married to his wife laura and she's also here this is when i was like Oh, this documentary is not what I thought it was going to be, honey. It was not. I didn't think, okay, so this isn't, okay. So, they are sharing at this point in the documentary, they're sharing their experiences, confessional style. And we get some background on how Carl became a preacher in the first place. So, he attended the Hillsong Bible College in Sydney. They don't really give um, any detail on, like, how this American boy just, like, ended up in Sydney. <laughs> and if they did, I couldn't hear it. <laughs> Hillsong's huge. I mean, listen, let's just be real. If, you're, if you are a religious person, and I might, I might have just contradicted myself, and 30 minutes later, I'm like, and this is how Carl got to Australia. But... He did, in fact, attend their leadership college. And he's talking about, you know, the school's non-traditional methods of instruction. 
and um, how that definitely influenced him as a preacher and how he would have these non-conventional ways of reaching the masses. And people always wondered how Hillsong got to these like extreme numbers, right? Social media obviously had a big part in it. When they came into Inception in America, it was kind of a perfect storm. But also, Carl just, you know, he's he is nostalgic over at a time when he and his wife Laura were wrapping Bibles at two o'clock in the morning and trying to make it down to the club so he could pass them out before, you know, because the New York bars don't close until like four or five. Um, and, you know, he's telling this story and I'm like, but you, you wanted to go to the club though, <laughs> which is fine. You take some Bibles with you when you go. That's what my grandma would say. Well, take some Bibles with you. So anyway, the Hillsong Leadership College, which is basically a preacher factory, is, you know, very influential on, the, the obviously, the global leaders of Hillsong, which are all white men, by the way, globally. All of the, the global pastors are all white men. So anyway. Carl's in Australia. He's studying. He happens upon Brian Houston's son whilst surfing. And that's kind of how this all came down. Carl and the Houston boy. I'm calling the Houston boy right now. <laughs> Carl and that Houston boy became friends. Um, you know, he was doing the music. Carl was the preacher side of it at the Hillsong in New York. But when they were over in Sydney, Australia, they're just boys. And by way of Carl's friendship with Houston boy, that's how Brian Houston got this idea of like, oh, ding, 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 ding. And it's, it's the way that they're speaking about it. It's very dreamy. It's very, oh my God, the fantasy of it, honey. It was like a dream come true. We were just like, you know, doing God's will and being hot in Australia, looking like Justin Timberlake stand-ins at an NSYNC music video. I'm just saying. I'm just, that's what he looked like. The frosted tips. It didn't work for everyone the way, you know. I mean, Carl's hot, let's be honest, but mm -mm, didn't know that. And we get this comparison to that experience the juxtaposition of it's insane so we are back with tiff perez she is a new york city girl born and bred she's also a brown girl woman i should say i mean let me not minimize and she saved up all her money got her fr her friends saved up money for her to go to this hill song college because she wanted to be a pastor. That was her dream, was to become a pastor. Hillsong, maybe not the best place for you to do that, girl, sis, honey. She recounts an experience that she had while at Hillsong Bible School, and the circumstances are that they are in class together, everyone's there, and at the end of the class, the women are asked to stay behind. And once all of the men have left this space, the women are encouraged to be aware of how they present themselves. They want to make sure that they don't wear anything that would cause their brothers to stumble. 
And let me tell you something. That's a theme within church of women being subservient, second-class citizens. Literally, though, I will never forget. We were a part of a, a church that wasn't even a mega church, but, you know, she was the, the tax fraud of it all. We would have thought that. And they would have a banquet every year, right? Like this fabulous over-the-top banquet. And they wonder why we could never build a new church that was, you know, raising millions of dollars to do. But they was really taking all the coin and spending on their multiple homes and vacations. It's like the recipe. Like, is that the recipe? So anyway, my, there was a banquet every year. My mom is literally a baddie, even now in her, you know, her wise age. She a baddie. Okay. If y'all, if any of y'all who know me in real life, y'all know Tiffany don't play. She, listen. And I, I will never forget this. My mom was at the banquet one year and it was in the spring. We live in North Carolina. Obviously it's hot outside. All these ladies was wearing these long ass, ugly ass dresses. My mom was showing some skin, hunty. Hunty. Miss Honey, Honey. And I'll never forget, she couldn't even enjoy that experience because of the haters. In my in my opinion, I actually brought this up to her a couple weeks ago. She was like, I don't remember that. And I was like, okay, I'm glad that you really are a baddie because you don't give a fuck what the hoes are saying. <laughs> but that's a theme in the church, right? It's your fault if a man can't control his self because you just happen to be a hot motherfucker. What the hell? And she... So Tip Perez makes a distinction almost immediately. She goes, and I really just noticed then that even the women who have leadership positions within Hillsong, they are only leading other women. They are coming out to, you know, do, like I said, to bless the offering and the tithes. They're adjacent to the men. It's never actually, and as you can see, you can do the stats even now today. All of their global leaders are men. It's just absolutely crazy, crazy. And so this brown-skinned girl, this Latina woman from New York City, I mean, come on, she grew up in New York City. Y'all gonna try to do the, the, sheep, the wool over the sheep's eyes? I can't even get my damn phrase right. She realized in that moment that she was never gonna be able to progress. Her dream did not exist. At that moment, it became invalidated because there was no, no chance she was going to be a pastor. And that was the whole goal. She wanted to be a pastor. She didn't want to be a wife of a pastor, assistant, co-pastor. But really, you're the one that's in charge. And why is that? And the thing about it is, for me personally, on a personal note, when you are taught that you should not question anything that's mind control <laughs> that is cult mentality that is mass manipulation and the words of mariah hug uh, no, in the words of his quad honey you are a master manipulator you're being manipulated and i will never forget being a young child and being like well why is this is this is this, this you don't question me oh my god i'll never forget my step my step my first stepdad Honestly, really, my only stepdad. Let's be real. So my mama had she hadn't had to run away, child. <laughs> Would be like, don't question me. And it was it was mainly because he didn't have an answer. 
And the toxicity behind that, I'd like, you don't question me because this is the way it is. And I, I don't really know why it is this way, but it is the way it is. It's right. It's godly. Child, shut the hell up. So we move on and we're learning more about Carl's wife, Laura, and how she grew up in Australia. And her, the reason why they even met is because Laura's family is very, very close to the Houston's family. Laura's dad, Brit, <laughs> he met Brian Houston when he was 15 years of age, as they would say. You could call them best friends. And so in a way, this is so clandestine, the whole Carl and Laura lens of it all. It is cosmic, even, in a way. Like, when I think about that, I'm like, oh, so you guys were, like, always going to meet. Like, it was like everything in your sphere was pulling you together. And Carl even himself says that he thought marriage was going to save him. Because all the this, this, the hubbub and the hoopla about him sleeping with someone consensually outside of his marriage is understandable. But when you think about all the other shit that'd be going down in Hillsong, why are they putting this magnifying glass on Carl? And Carl doesn't shy away from it. He's talking about the fact that he was very, very young when he got married and he had thoughts of other women and he wanted to hook up with other people. And let's be honest, I'm going to be 34 years old in July. Send me a gift, motherfuckers. I am getting married next year. When I am at, at this age, Carl had been married for over a decade to Laura. They got married when they were in their early 20s. So all the experiences, all the people that you spend time with and realize ain't worth shit a damn and you get to leave them. No, they, and this church, Hillsong, preaches abstinence before marriage. So you know Carl and Laura with their hot asses all tanned from the Australian sun. Child, they was trying to knock it down boots, honey. And I don't blame them. But he's saying, when you grow up in this environment, when you grow up in a church like this, you really think, oh, I'm going to get married and all of these godly ways will come over me because the second thing to holiness is being married in this church. Being married is, your entire purpose of life is to be married. That's what you're supposed to do. Get married, have kids. And what pressure, especially if you're a pastor, because you can't be a pastor at Hillsong Church if you don't have a wife. You can't be a single pastor. What would the people think? How would that look? So Carl and Laura are married. Very young. And he thought all those things were going to happen when the marriage came. And they didn't, of course. So... Earlier on in his career, everything is manageable. It's a slow climb. It's a slow ascent to the Carl Lentz that we all met hanging out with Justin Bieber and like with a ripped six pack being like super hot. Which, by the way, he still has a six pack, you guys. Just saying. Is this like, am I a Carl Lentz fan? Am I? Is that controversial? I don't know. I don't know if it is, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> I'm not talking about anything inside his heart. I'm just talking about, you know, what he looks. All of that was hunky-dory, right? He's making his he's making his climb. It's the climb. He's becoming a star, right? But is he flying too close to the sun? Such so as Icarus. He's getting he gets to New York. Obviously, New York takes off. 
Hillsong Global, 150,000 congregants. They're watching online. They're coming to the services. He's doing seven services per Sunday. Okay? Seven. Seven. He goes to Brian Houston and he says, I'm really tired. And Brian Houston says, I'm doing 11 services. And let's just be honest, Brian Houston, your services are dry as hell. Your services are macaroni and cheese with breadcrumbs on top. You're not giving the same, you're not giving the same thing that Cole, that Coral Lentz is giving. Okay. But Carl wants to live up to the expectations that are set before him by Brian Houston. So he eats it up. And that's not the only thing that his ass has eaten up. Because Carl has had an ADHD prescription since he was a very young man. And he's always used it as prescribed until now. And then the documentarian gives us a montage of Carl. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you, you see him preaching and you're like, okay, that could be the Holy Ghost or that could be, you know, a pill. And that's that's sad, really. Because when you're in a place such as church, and look, I I understand these kind of churches like this. They're not really trying to look out for me, really. Carl might have had a thought to look out for someone like me. But overall, the institution within itself, it's not for me. I understand that. But even y'all's like most popular preacher, you're not going to even just let him do five services. And my thing is, like, why can't the wife do a few services on a Sunday? Why can't another pastor do a couple? What is this absolute monopoly and this monopolistic, capitalistic approach to spreading the gospel? You ought to be shamed. That's what my grandma would say. You know, you ought to be shamed. It's all going to catch up to Carl, right? This is such a metaphor for everyone's life. You really do have to take time for yourself. You really do have to, to, to know why you're doing what you're doing. The why of what we do is so important. And as soon as you realize that the why you're doing is being overshadowed by the what you are getting in return, it's time to change some shit up. It's time to change some shit up. Because if you don't do it for yourself, it's going to happen no matter what. I've learned, I have learned this. Listen, it's only, a, it's only a certain amount of times you can make the same mistake. Try to make it once and learn that motherfucking time. So in October of 2020, a member of the Hillsong staff discovers incriminating text messages between Carl and the TV mistress. <laughs> That's what I've been calling her. She was doing all the interviews, honey. And I don't blame her. Because I'd be like, how much are y'all paying for these? Give me $5,000 to talk about Carl for an hour. I'll talk about him. Because he really didn't do nothing that bad. We just was fucking. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, okay. You find some text. And so at this point, Carl can't hide it anymore. He must. Face the music. Child. Carl. Oh Lord, everything in my... My home is going absolutely wild. I don't know if you can just hear my crazy beast of the dog. He's like, can you stop talking about this goddamn Carl, please? Teresa, please. 
So Carl and Laura, they have to face the music, right? They both describe how Carl tells Laura about the affair. And Laura is a just basket case. Like, she's just, you can tell that it's such a wound still. Obviously, it wasn't that long ago, y'all. 2023. So, it's, yeah, that's tough. And Carl's admitting, like, well, I really didn't really tell her everything at first. I didn't really tell her everything. But, I told her that I had had moral failures and stood outside of marriage. First mistake. If you have to face the music with your wife, you need to tell her all of the tea. Because the mistress that's on TV spilling the tea is definitely letting the girls know if questioned that it's probably somebody else too. Don't get it twisted. This is a narcissistic behavior type of person. Don't Google me. You can't know who I am. Don't find out. And like nowadays that sounds ridiculous. Like, boy, bye. I'm going to find out who you are regardless. But it wasn't really, you know, we're just now getting into that cyber cyber super especially the people who like lived in new york city pre-instagram pre all the social media boom like they you know don't give a damn so i believe her in that regard but the plot itself doth thicken there's a pastor at hillsong and he and his wife started a chapter if you might say in boston and um for some reason, the wife, the, the associate pastor, the co-pastor, the head honcho in charge, she decides that it's her calling and her duty to come and be Carl and Laura's nanny because they need a little bit of help. Now, what the hell do y'all think happened between this lady and Carl? What do y'all think? Ugh. Laura says that she once found them in a compromising position and they were like, Oh no 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 no! Nothing happened. Nothing happened. You're just you're being you're being paranoid. We're just friends. Like, what's going on? Like, you 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 need to be able to deal with this paranoia. I'm here because the Lord brought me here to look after your children while you do the good work. Meanwhile, she's doing the good work all up on her husband. Let me tell you something. I grew up very. My, listen, my mama worked a million jobs and took care of us, and took care of her husband too. No nannies. I'm not knocking anybody who has a nanny. Listen, I, I was a nanny in New York City. People need help. They do. Especially when they have schedules like this. But you're not about to live in my house. Sis. You're not living with me. You're not sleeping in here. You can come the hours you need to come. And if the church cannot afford to give you an apartment, you need to go back home to your husband. To your husband. Ben. So the Lents were called in to a Zoom meeting, right? Because Carl has now had to address all of these things in a public way. And so, of course, Hillsong is like, oh my God, he's a cheater. Moral failure. Gotta go. They call him into the Zoom meeting and they talk about the nanny. And Carl's sexual promiscuity. 
child on the on the thing, and Carl has not told his wife Laura yet. Okay, when I tell you, I would have had to box him upside his motherfucking head. Goddamn bear! Here's the thing about all this stuff. Human beings are human beings. I'm a very open-minded person, right? I understand shit happens. But what you're not going to do, and I have told my man this all the time, listen, I will fuck you up if you embarrass me. You're not going to embarrass me. Don't fucking play because I'm going to embarrass you back. Trust me. I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back like Black China on your motherfucking ass. I'm going to get back like Black China on your motherfucking ass. I'm going to break, we're going to break up and I'm going to come back and I'm going to marry one of your siblings. <laughs> but I'm going to go through with it. Don't embarrass me. Y'all see how people operate? It's hoes who will be quiet. Y'all see these love and marriage um, Huntsville, man, they, these hoes are quiet. Marceau, I don't know what kind of NDA them hoes got, but all of y'all need to get one. Don't fucking embarrass me. If you really, if you, because here's the thing about me, as a spouse, I'm giving it to you. You want, you want to do the things? You, you, okay, you, you ready to? Okay, you can get it. All the things you need for me to do, I'm gonna do my best to do it. And nine times out of ten, I'm gonna fucking execute that shit to the fucking nut, ten, ten, tens across the board. So what you're not gonna do is try to be Tom Sandoval, not Bravo, coming into the Hillsong chat and be like our intimacy, our intimacy. No, because I just uh, fucking broke your back out yesterday. Next, what's the next topic? Because that's a lot of things that these heteronormative men do. Oh my God, but we weren't intimate. We weren't having sex. You better go in the bathroom and fucking rub and tug that shit. Bruh, you put us in the situation of having seven services and doing all this stuff. And now you want to be like, oh, it's my fault. No, 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 no. So that's embarrassing. Laura has to live. Poor Laura having to live with that. She just. Got up and walked away because she's a lady. I'm a motherfucking banshee ass hoe. I would have boxed him in his motherfucking face. Don't fucking embarrass me. Also, babe, my man would never do that because we're going we gonna to tag team a hoe. We're going to do that shit together. Let me tell you that. <laughs> We're definitely going to do that shit together. <laughs> so, Carl is obviously fired from Hillsong, but not only is he fired, he's excommunicated. He's, I mean, they flipped that switch like a light, like a light. They were like, bye, Carl. We've got to go. Don't any of us want to talk to you. We want to, but we just can't. Sorry. And so Laura makes a plea with the Hillsong staff. She makes a plea with them and she just confides in them. One of my children has had a near-death experience by their own choice. And she really pleaded with Bobby to handle the situation with care because she, as she said in her Australian way, she had a very anxious child. And of course, Hillsong Church didn't give a damn about it. They leak all the information and all the details, all of it, straight to the Daily Mail because the Daily Mail gets all this information that's like, oh, this is what happened, blah, 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 blah. There was a Zoom meeting, blah, 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 blah. Carl Lentz has had moral failures that include having two affairs. Like, what? Ciao. And this is what I don't like about the chat. As soon as you do something them hoes don't like, as soon as somebody be gay, maybe I'm triggered, maybe as soon as your kid is gay or something, 
or as soon as your, you know, daughter has a baby with her boyfriend that she's not married to yet, even though they've been together for nine years, maybe they don't feel like getting married. Mind your fucking business. As soon as you do something that those people don't like, they will cast you aside, honey. Cast you aside to the wolf's child. I don't like that. Another example of that, of when you're not needed. So Tiff Perez gets sick. Okay. She's graduated from Hillsong Bible College in Australia. She's now serving, aka fucking volunteering, in Boston with the cheating ass lady nanny, husband. She's there. She becomes very, very, very ill. And because she's not actually being compensated or giving health insurance from the church, she has to get on a bus and go to New York City. They, this girl had to get on a megabus with somebody who was surely smoking a cigarette on it. In terrible pain. And ride four hours to New York City so that she could get help. Y'all, this, this, ugh, this poor lady. She gets to New York. She's trying to recover. And they let her know that she's been fired from Boston Hillsong. You don't work here anymore, honey. Sorry. And not get well soon. Not, we can't wait to see you when you get better. We're going to have someone cover your duties for the moment. But you've been fired. Thank you. Bye-bye. You don't actually have access to this email anymore. When I tell you, as soon as I got my, I would have a Rocky Balboa moment. As soon as I got my strength back, I would have had to take me a megabus back to Boston. And I would have been the bitch smoking a cigarette on it. Somebody's getting their ass whooped. I did not give you these hours for free. But that's also why I can't be a part of stuff like this. Because I'm not working for free. Bitch, you got me fucked up. You're going to be all the way fucked up. I've had a job since I was 16 years old. You think I'm about to work for free? For free 99? Girl, my rate is high, bitch. Are you kidding? Because the service that I provide is top notch. It's 100%. I can start from the bottom and make it to the top. And that's why a lot of these mother... Oh, child. I'm trying to rant. Ranting and raving. It's upsetting. Because the, the thing about the church is that all these people are really trying to do something good. They're coming in here. They're working for free. They're doing all this stuff with no regard for their mental well-being, their, their physical well-being. And then when someone actually does become ill, you just toss them aside. Oh, we don't need you anymore. Bye, girl. They need asses need to be boxed upside the head too. A good smack might help. They just, yeah, it's the, for me, it's the, the attention to detail when you're doing something that they don't like, but when you need help, there's nothing to be said. And Carl talks about his childhood trauma and his sexual abuse and how he got no help from the church in that matter, how it associates to his relationships with sex, how it associates to his relationships without sex, and how it's all been leading up to this moment, to this moment. What if the church had come and helped him with some therapy, with some counseling sessions, with something? Because he's been learning how to be, a, how to hide, right? He's been learning how to live in secrecy since that trauma. And then you go to, to Hillsong Bible College in Australia and all they're teaching you is to be pure, 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 pure. So if you think you're the only one in there who has an unclean thought, 
Imagine what that did does to your psyche. But you want to be a pastor, and you know you you, you got the chutzpah, you got the pizzazz, the charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and the talent. Because Carl had all of that, honey. You hide it. You push it down. You say, you know, I'm going to pray about it. And God, here's the thing. Even the Bible tells you that faith without works is dead. Y'all got to do some real research. It's called thinking for yourself. The Lord, the Lord will tell you all and take you, tell you and take you where you need to go. If you just shut up <laughs> and think. It's all about control with these people. And growing the church and making the people look a certain way so that the church can continue to grow. Now, we're going to talk about Nanny. Her name is Leona Kimes, by the way. And I can say her name because I don't like her. Y'all can go find her and cuss her out. She seems just kind of like, ugh. But it also could be the fact that her husband is making her do certain things. I don't know if her husband made her sleep with Carl Lentz, but... She comes out and says that her relationship with Carl was she was a nanny for the Lentz family was non-consensual and that Carl was forcing her into the damn shit. But didn't you just tell Laura that? Mm. So y'all can make y'all's own opinions about that, but I feel like the both of them are lying. Those Boston pastors, the both of them are lying. Because that's all they do. <laughs> There's so many things, and guess what? Out of all of these events and all of these things, the church is still willing to cover it up. They're willing to cover up everything. But they want to put Coral out in the press because he wants to be honest about his misgivings. He wants to be honest and say, yes, I am a pastor, but I'm a human being and I need help. They don't want that. They want you just to be perfect. And if you aren't perfect, keep it quiet and pay someone to shut up. And one of the things that Carl was vocal about was the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, being kind of like a part of the culture, like he's hanging out with celebrities and doing all this stuff. And like, you know, we see this all the time. And are you celebrating the culture or are you co-opting the culture, my friend? Because where are you from, Carl? <laughs> Florida? Hmm. And the Vanity Fair journalists really do take a, a deeper lens into this in regard to how Hillsong comes into neighborhoods and they are described as they're described as colonizing these areas. And how the residents of the neighborhoods truly rarely wanted this these places to be there. Specifically Brooklyn. The 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 Brooklyn area where the Hillsong was, they were very, very vocal about how. They did not want this mega presence in their little neighborhood. They was in Williamsburg. Well, now, and honestly, it's like hard because Williamsburg is now this huge monstrosity where it's like so popular. But at that, that time, it wasn't really what it is now. So they start to lose congregants. This is when things start to, like, people start to see, like, wait a second. What is this, honey? What is this? They done sent Carl home? So what y'all have to understand is when y'all have the Beyonce preaching up there, people are going to still go. When Beyonce goes solo, right? We didn't stop being fans of Beyonce when she went solo, honey. That's a lot of the reason people was listening to Destiny's Child was for Beyonce. So this is a similar situation. And people like Mama Jones, 
had enough. As soon as she could leave, she did. So she said, I waited for my daughter to leave. But as soon as my daughter left, I was out of there. And she said that Carl actually came and visited her at her apartment and asked what he did wrong. And she said she looked him dead in his face and said, in the game of basketball, you play up to the net and then you prepare to shoot. After you prepare, you follow through. And Carl, you don't follow through. And she said that's when he started to cry. <laughs> oh my god. She said, yeah, that's when he started to cry. Ciao. And we get a present day Carl. And he's being asked about that time in his life. And if he felt like he did all that he could do, or if the people, like, how does he deal with the criticism of people when he was really, like, the only Caucasian pastor to say, who was willing to say it at this level? To say, like, oh yeah, black people are getting killed at an alarmingly higher rate than most. Right now, specifically, at this time, we should probably talk about it. And I don't think that you should get a gold star for being a good human, but I don't think you should, you know, and he basically has the sentiment of like, and it's, this was kind of weird. I was like, wait, are you kind of mad? Like, I'm done, Carl. He's like, I mean, did I do enough? I don't know. Is there ever enough you can do? I, I don't know. I, 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 did, I tried my best and, uh, you know, you'll always be trying to do more. And I'm like, okay, you definitely rehearsed this answer and I'm glad you did, but you're mad. <laughs> because they're also getting, Hillsong is also getting slayed in conjunction with this about their views on LGBT. Few issues. And, you know, obviously it's showcased as under the veneer that you come as you are, but the truth is that you really are a conservative organization, right? And you have those Pentecostal views. And, you know, Carl really, it took him being outside of the church to really realize that you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, yes, come in here, church in the wild, blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as everybody gets in there, you slowly indoctrinate them out of who they are and into who you think they should be. And so, you know, it's interesting to me. It's just, it's very wild that it had to get to such a big level for people to just see that, right? Because especially when you're in New York City and you've got this giant church and, I don't know, the Lord talks to me on a daily basis, okay? I stay prayed up, me personally. I stay prayed up. So when somebody asked me to go to Hillsong, I was like, I'm not going there. I can already tell you about to be involved in some mess, girl. I'm not doing that. No, no, no. So now we're introduced. We're starting to be introduced to some, to some new characters. Yeah. So we meet Jeff Bullock, and he was the initial creative minister at Hillsong back when it wasn't even called Hillsong, right? And he would call himself a music pioneer, you know, for the church. And uh, he's got some things to say, sis, because he was there from the very beginning. And according to him, it started out very light, very fun, you know. And he really enjoyed it. He was having a great time. It was like a dream for him. It's like they were doing all the things that they'd ever 
dreamed of doing. And he was making music and he was damn good at it, wasn't he? He loved that time of his life, but you can see behind his eyes, he almost wants to cry. And he says that he's on this experience with Brian Houston and he actually not confronts Brian Houston. He kind of pulls Brian Houston to one side and he's like, listen, I love that we can work together and do all these things. You're like my family, but I got to tell you, there are some work limits that we're really pushing people to the edge. I think we should really reconsider how we do this as a model because like people can't, it's not sustainable for people's health. And Brian Houston told him, Jeff Bullock, it's not your job to come to senior management and represent the rights of the workers. If they don't like it, tell them to go to another church. Child. You know, Jeff Bullock says that, you know, this is when he started to realize, you know, okay, something ain't right. Because he had already seen little glimpses of Brian's temper. You know, they say that Brian's anger was, you know, quite noticeable. <laughs> They say that he had a, a little mean streak and that he called himself a strong leader. But he has what I would like to call beastisms. Beast. And, you know, I think that there is definitely a class, not a class, there is a, a group of men in this world still to this day who feel like they are entitled to certain ways of life and certain things just because they men with very fair skin. I think a lot of these Hillsong people are really like that. And I think Jeff Bullock was really starting to realize that. And that's why he finally left the church. He'd had enough and he lost everything really. I mean, his wife divorced him. He lost all his little friends, honey. The church said, get thee behind me, Jeff Bullock. Brian Houston sent a message to all the musicians who worked at Hillsong and said, y'all cannot work with Jeff Bullock, okay? Y'all cannot work with him. You can't talk to him. Jeff ran into Brian Houston and Brian Houston said to him, you know, we tried to destroy you, right? And Jeff Bullock said, what to my, okay, why? And Brian Houston said, because we thought that you could bring us down and that you might. So even then, Brian knew, okay, fuck, like we are just one scandal away from not being able to like totally dominate the world and take over the world via Hillsong. Like, what? Excuse me? And then we learned from a Vanity Fair journalist that the first rule of power is not to outshine the master. Jeff Bullock was one. Then we have Carl Lentz, who is a second, who came out of the gate. And listen, the difference between Brian and Carl is vast. It is a major gap. And so my thing is like, Brian, why then would you promote this kind of person to prominence if you knew that she was going to be a little jealous little girl? 
And as soon as he did something that you didn't like, he was ready to kick his ass out instead of covering it up like you did everybody else. Bullshit. Well, that's because Brian Houston's been covering up a lot of bullshit. He has a strategic plan. And getting the attention on Carl was a good move played when you have a lot of other things that you need to cover up. Carl Lentz was really a distraction after all. And that is the end of episode two. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. This shit is about to hit the fucking fan, y'all. The next episode, episode three, is called Sins of My Father. And we learn a little bit more about Brian Houston and why he was so fucking adamant on putting Carl on blast at such an interesting time in the church's development. I cannot wait to share the rest of this with you. It's amazing. I thought this documentary was one thing, and it is something completely different, child. So don't forget to give me a five-star rating and a sweet review, and go ahead and follow me wherever you're at so that you can get these episodes right away as soon as they come out. It's been such a joy, and see you next time.